0: Greetings to those who watch below. As always, I'd like to start this video with a huge thank you to Lisa Watts, Steffi Ray, Ghost City Shelton, and Lefty Kim for being those who dwell below. You guys really help make all this happen. Now our last video focused on those creepy encounters with people. Now it's that time of the month where we have a roundup of those true, horrifying, Paranormal Encounters. This Spirit Won't Leave Me Alone By Mzeck Rose This story starts back in September of 2019. We randomly had a Ouija board downstairs in our basement, and it'd just been down there for years, even before I knew what it was. One day, I got the idea to just see what would happen if I tried it, but I got nothing. Then on another occasion, I tried it again. I think I may have gotten some movement, but nothing that was actually really responsive. I don't remember if I requested any presences from anyone, I just think I wanted to see if the planchette would even move. The third time, I was a little bit more prepared, or so I thought. I brought some Palo Santo with me, a few candles, and I set an intention that only beings with good intentions were allowed to contact me and nothing else was allowed. I wanted to speak to my ancestors, but I was open to speaking to anyone. This time, I actually got an answer. At first, it kept spelling out a bunch of random letters for like 30 minutes. He managed to tell me that he was my fourth generation great-grandfather or something along those lines, but then kept talking gibberish. At one point, I would enough and said, I'm sorry, I can't understand you, then ended the session. I tried to start a new session, but the same spirit showed up. I should have just ended it there, but I was curious as to why he still wanted to talk to me. After more time, all of a sudden it started talking like normal. The spirit said it was all a prank, and that he was a family member I knew. He said it was my first grandfather, and I believe that, because from the stories I had been told, he was a bit of a prankster. As a side note, I had never met any of these family members before they died, but I have heard countless stories. I have also always wanted to talk to them, because even though I never met them, I felt connected to them in some sort of way. Unfortunately, this is what made it so easy for the spirit to trick me. Even though I know about them through stories, I don't know them as actual people, so I just have a general idea of what they would be like. The spirit could easily manipulate me, and try to be like them as much as possible, or try to fill in the gaps of what parts of their personality I didn't exactly know about. Once I found out who I thought I was talking to, we chit-chatted for a few hours, and I asked a bunch of random questions. Long story short, not only did the spirit make me believe that I was talking to a dead family member of mine, throughout our conversation, he tricked me into thinking I had a dead sister that I had no idea about, and fed me a bunch of other lies. After a while, it was late, and I was tired, so I went back upstairs to sleep, planning to talk to this sister the next day. I woke up the next day, and after I got home from running errands, I immediately went back downstairs to the board. Me and this sister would talk about anything for hours on end, for at least two weeks. I had my suspicions, and sometimes I felt really weird after using the board, but I didn't think too much of it. Then, one day, me and the sister were talking, and she said that I had a family member who was alive and who I didn't know about yet. Apparently, she had the phone number for this family member and gave it to me. Through an international calling app, I tried to contact the person, but it didn't go through. Afterwards, I really began to suspect that I wasn't talking to my family members and that it was something else. I told the sister that I was suspicious and I asked if I was really talking to them. Finally, the spirit confessed to having completely lied to me this entire time. I asked the spirit who he was, and he lied to me again, and said that he was the ghost of a person who once lived at my apartment before me. Apparently his name was James, and he was mad at us for not taking care of the apartment like he wanted, and that's why he pranked me. I didn't really believe this especially since it's not like it's a hoarder's paradise around here. I confronted him about it, though, and told him that if it was all true, it was wrong to go that far, and he should have just come forth and told me who he was. Though I was angry, I tried really hard to stay cool, because I heard that sometimes getting mad at a spirit only makes things worse. He apologised, and I tried to send him on his way to a better place. After that, I felt horrible over the next few days. I couldn't stop thinking about what happened, and I was really confused. Then I came across a video talking about automatic writing. I decided to try it out to see if it would work, and I thought it might be a safer way to get answers. In the video, it said that it might take a while to get the hang of automatic writing, but to my surprise, it came naturally to me. I tried contacting someone who was a guide of mine to get some answers, but I ended up getting tricked again. Shortly afterwards, I started talking to who I thought were my relatives again. For some reason, I talked to more of them, and I got what I thought was better, clearer answers at first. I was still sceptical, though, because I had been through so much with James already, but I wanted to see if it was all real. Eventually, after a few weeks of writing, I started to be able to hear them. I could hear what they were going to say even before it was written. I could start to hear full sentences, voice tones, pitches, and even multiple people at once. I could speak to them through my mind. Sometimes, if I couldn't hear them, I'd ask a question in my mind, and they would write down the answer. I didn't mind it too much at first, but then it started to become a lot to handle. I could hear them 24-7, and it became a huge part of my life. I think it was cool to hear them, but it was overwhelming to hear them so often. I thought it was a psychic power I had that was overactive, which made it so I heard them all the time. This went on for a few months, and as it continued, I got more and more suspicious. But they kept reassuring me that one day they'd be able to prove it to me that it was them. The entire time, I felt something was off, but I didn't know what it was. I knew James was still hanging around too because I could hear him as well. Then, in December, my father passed away. Afterward, the voices seemed to stop, and it was a great relief. After a while of not having anyone talk to me, I began to suspect that the entire time, James was behind it all. I didn't think it could make it sound like I was hearing multiple voices, and even different tones, but it seems to make the most sense at this point. I can't exactly remember when I came to that conclusion. That conclusion has not changed since. Gradually, I started hearing voices often again, and now I'm hearing him 24-7. But it's as himself this time. No one else. Before, when I thought I was talking with my relatives, we just chit-chat all the time, even about the most mundane things. Now, he just criticises me, and makes snarky comments. This may sound like a joke, but he does stuff like this to annoy me. If I even brush my teeth the wrong way, he'll make comments. It's really strange, but he'll do literally anything in his power to annoy or even upset me. Nothing I have done to get rid of him has worked so far. I've tried prayers, that white light trick, sage. I've even stopped automatic writing and burning the notebook I used to do the writing in. The only thing I haven't done, and I'm really kicking myself in the rear for not doing, is burning the Ouija board. Back in October, I wanted to get rid of the board really bad. This entire time I have not had a mentor or anything, so I've been going by the internet, or what I think might help, since I have no prior experience with the spirit world. I thought about burning the board, and I heard somewhere that they could actually make the situation worse, so I just gave it up to a place that sells board games. They said they didn't accept Ouija boards because they already had enough of them, However, if you leave something out there that wasn't accepted, they'll just trash it, and that's what I did. So, most likely it was trashed, and wasn't burned. This is not something I can live with for the rest of my life. I wish I knew what to do to make this all go away. But I don't. A night I will never forget by PL Thrill 25 When I was 16 years old, my father passed away, and this caused me to waver in my faith. I was born and raised Catholic. I wasn't really a practicing Catholic, but I had my beliefs. Well, at that time, I questioned why God would take my father away from me, so I was mad. I was 17 years old, just got a car, and loved to drive. I was invited over to my friend Anthony's house one summer night, and decided to go hang out with him. A little bit about Anthony. He's what I refer to as an acquired taste. Very dark, messy, and does things for attention. But for some reason, I liked hanging out with him, because I never got in trouble. A lot of it was my mother couldn't stand him, and my father was indifferent to him. But my mother not liking him, made me want to hang out with him even more. So... We're hanging out at his place, in his basement, playing video games and chatting. After a while, we were just talking about nothing, really. But he made a comment, and I said, Oh, God. Without missing a beat, he says, God, huh? You still believe there's a God? I'm not sure anymore. I haven't really seen much proof since my dad died. God's a fraud. It's all smoke and mirrors, he said. At that exact moment, the lights flickered quickly. Did you see that? I said. (laughs) Need any more proof? Dude, let's just drop it, I said as I stood up. He walked past me and went to the bookshelf and took a Bible out. He threw it on the ground and said, I'll show you there's no God. I'm going to take a piss on this Bible and watch. God won't stop me. At that moment, I was done and wanted to leave. I turned to leave when I noticed that it got really hot in the room. My back was to Anthony, but he wasn't saying anything. I got really bad feeling, like horror movie style. I turn around and see him frozen in place, his head tilted back and his mouth open. In shock, I say, Anthony, are you alright? And I notice a foul, rotten egg smell and his head snap back into place. I see his eyes roll to the back of his head and the lights flicker again, but came back on very dimly. I, thinking he was up to his old tricks, told him to knock it off. He started laughing maniacally, and his voice started to deepen throughout the laugh. I started to freak out a little, and went to leave again. All of a sudden, I feel a hand on my shoulder, and he steps in front of me, blocking my way. I could feel how hot his hand was through my shirt. I pushed him off me, and started moving backwards, as he advanced, slowly. I tripped over the Bible on the ground, And finally, he started talking in a deep, guttural voice, in a language I didn't understand. At this point, I completely believe that he is not kidding. I've known him for years, and know that he barely has a grasp on the English language, let alone a foreign one. Not knowing if it would help, I pick up the Bible, and he winces, and moves his head away, and fell to the ground with his body kneeling, and his head resting on the couch. I open the Bible and start reading out loud. I couldn't even tell you what I was reading. I was just so freaked out. I turn the page and hear him say ever so slightly, but still in that deep voice, Stop it. I ignore him, and just keep reading. Then all of a sudden the Bible was pushed from my hands by some supernatural force. I look at him, and I see he's drooling and his eyes are still white. He says, I've been watching you. And I will always be watching you. I will come back to visit you in seven years. Right after saying that, the lights go back to full power, and he's literally thrown on the ground and starts coughing and rolling like he's in pain as the temperature in the room goes back to normal. I stand back as he sits up and says, What the hell happened? I say, Anthony, I've got to leave right now. He tries to stop me, but I just run out. I get in my car, and I can hear that voice in my head. Anthony and I stayed friends for a few years after this incident, and he asked me not to tell him what happened. He says he completely blacked out, and doesn't remember a thing. Now, I know how this story sounds. Even telling it seems far-fetched, but it happens just the way I described. After that, we lost touch, but as I think back now, maybe my mother had a point. The Day I Will Never Forget By Shan Goldsmith This experience happened in 2011, and I still haven't forgotten it, and don't think I will ever forget it. I was six years old at the time, and had school that Wednesday morning. For some reason I woke up at 5am. At first I didn't think much of it, but at least a minute after... I heard something that still scares me to this day. I heard a girl's voice. She sounded quite young. It sounded like it was coming from the bottom of the stairs, and my room was the closest bedroom to the stairs to make things worse. The girl was calling my dog's name for some reason. This is where it gets terrifying. You know in horror films where the murderer calls out the person's name three times in that creepy voice? Well, it sounded exactly like that. She called out, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. So as she was saying my dog's name, it sounded like she was saying it louder and louder. So the conclusion I came to was that she was coming up the stairs. Well, that's what I immediately thought. And because I thought she was coming up the stairs, I was too scared to get up and run into my parents' room, just in case I saw her. Instead of running to my parents' room, I just hid under my covers and began to cry. I cried myself to sleep and was awoken by my mother a few hours later for school. I went to school that day and told everyone what happened, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. As my mom collected me from school, I then told her what happened that morning, and she was even scared herself. Unfortunately, more things happened after that. Things were thrown, and then an unexplainable thing happened to my mother. Thankfully, I moved out of the house soon after that experience. And now, I'm living in Ireland. But now, things are happening here. Not extreme things like things being thrown. But around a month ago, I heard the girl again. This time, she was calling my name. I was just lying down in bed, nearly falling off to sleep from a hard day at school. And you're probably thinking, oh you were just tired. Well, that's not the case. As I said, I was lying down nearly asleep, and all of a sudden I hear this whisper saying my name. At first I thought it was my mother seeing if I was awake, but as I sat up in the bed, I looked around, and there was no one to be seen. It sounded so realistic, and now I've been seeing dark black shadows down at the bottom of the stairs, which look like a little girl. I told my parents about it And they said they've seen the same thing too. So at least, I'm not going crazy. The Thing by the River, by Corpse Guts. I never really believed in ghosts or anything supernatural before I had this experience with my friends. I have a lot of stories my friends would consider supernatural but this exact story still scares me to this day. Even though it happened months ago, I still think about it all the time. The fact that we never found out what the thing was really bothered me. Over the summer, me, my mum, and a couple of friends of mine all went to Sturgis, South Dakota because my mum took an assignment there. We originally lived in Kansas. We stayed there the entire summer and a little bit of the school year. My mum rented a house with her roommate, while me and my three friends all lived in a house down the street from my mum's. A few months passed, and things were pretty good in South Dakota. The people were all nice, the nature was breathtaking, and there was nothing but positive vibes. That all took a very dramatic turn one day, while my mum and Michelle were eating lunch at the Knuckle Saloon, a world-famous bar and grill in Sturgis. My friends and I decided to drive 30 minutes to Rapid City to go shopping, since we had just gotten our allowances from our parents, and one of my friends is old enough to drive. So we drive to Rapid City and go shopping for a few hours, until she decides that she's bored and wants to go exploring, since that was only our second time in the city. We leave the mall and drive for around an hour or so, until we find a beautiful waterfall hidden behind a bunch of trees and boulders. She parks the car and we all get out to take pictures of the waterfall. We end up staying there more than 15 minutes, because we ended up hiking around the waterfall to take more pictures. One of my friends decides that she wants to explore on her own, to take her own photos for her Instagram, so she wanders off and we don't think anything of it. My other friend who drove and I are still taking pictures of our cameras, and are on Snapchat bragging to everyone about our view, when all of a sudden... We hear a blood-curdling scream, coming from the opposite end of the waterfall. We kind of just look at each other, completely shook, and unsure of what to do. So we run toward the direction of the scream, and we see our friend in the river, confused as to how she got there. So we run down the hill to her, to see what was wrong. She didn't say a single word. She just pointed towards a bunch of trees. We both look in the direction she's pointing, and see a black figure. I couldn't make out what it was, but I swear that it wasn't human or alive. It had the body of a little girl, but we couldn't see the face. It was completely black. As soon as I saw the figure, I held my friends up and over the railings and we all ran to the car and drove off. Later that night, I decided to ask my friend what happened and how she managed to fall over the railing, down the hill and into the river. She told me that she was just leaning over the railing to get photos of the river, when all of a sudden, she feels someone tap on her back. She thought it was either me or our other friend, and doesn't think much of it. So she proceeds to take pictures of the river, when all of a sudden, she felt someone forcefully push her over the railing. She went tumbling down the hill and into the river. She says that she looked up to see what had pushed her, and it was the figure of a little girl. She couldn't see the face or anything because it was completely black. So she stands up and starts screaming at the girl. These were her exact words. I stood up to ask the thing that pushed me why it did that, when all of a sudden, it comes flying at my face. Literally flying. I fell back down and started weeping and crying, calling for you guys. I don't know what that thing was, but I definitely know it wasn't human. I brush it off thinking it was a bunch of nonsense and that she was only trying to scare me, until the next day when we drive past the waterfall with my mum to go see Mount Rushmore and my mum pulls up a news article about a little girl who drowned in the river a year ago. I get the shivers down my back and immediately get goosebumps on my arms. She was telling the truth all along. Hey guys, thank you ever so much for listening to today's video. I hope you liked it, and if you did, make sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe to the channel, hitting that notification bell, so you know when the next video comes up. Also, if you haven't seen it already, check out the trailer for my new series coming soon, Our Eerie Isles, Haunted Britain. An exploration into Britain's most terrifying haunted locations and local legends, county by county. So, until next time, sleep tight.